And we're live. What's up? I'm Steph Hausman. And I'm Amanda. And welcome back to another episode of Nothing Rhymes with Orange. Hello. Testing, testing, episode two. We're up, running. We are live. Live. Thank you, everybody who listened to our podcast last week. We really enjoyed hearing everybody's feedback and also just hearing that people enjoy hearing us having our organic discourse everyday conversation yeah people did not realize what we talked about I don't know what they thought was going on in the living room but they did not think it was these interesting conversations that at least we think are interesting and based on your feedback we think you think it's interesting so we're just excited to keep this going to keep the conversation going and to discuss and learn more together for people whose feedback was to fix my audio, um, we have fixed it. Early Christmas present. Thank you, Jen. However, I am still using my uh, Wii Karaoke microphone. My new microphone is uh, coming soon. I still got to pick it out, but you know what? We're making do. But my audio sounds great. Thank you, Wii. <laughs> So we took your feedback. Some of you said that you weren't exactly sure what the purpose of our podcast was. We're definitely figuring it out. We're definitely, we have a lot going on up, I'm knocking on my brain. We have a lot going on up there. And we think that we come from this kind of distinctive age bracket, the Zillennial, which I think is what, 96 Something like to that. A bit of a cusp between the millennials and the Generation Z. Exactly. Just based on what we've been reading about them, this age group tends to be more quiet about their thoughts and opinions and feelings about pop culture. Like, they're not at the forefront of the conversation. There's the millennials, there's a Gen Z, and then zillennials kind of take a backseat and observe. I think we also take a bit of a backseat because we're kind of in a transitional age right now. And also in a transitional time in our lives because there's so much going on in the world and we don't exactly know where we fit into. But regardless of that, me and Steph think that we provide really unique and interesting perspectives on these topics that we're talking about. And we think that people would benefit from hearing them and it being added to the conversation. A really big point we want to make is we're not here to, to teach you things. You can listen to another podcast to learn about news or pop culture we're we're here to just kind of add our own flavor to it and see if you think the same way or or maybe change the way you think we love disagreeing we love hearing other thoughts we often disagree with each other as you'll Mm -hmm. soon hear at its core this is a hobby for us we just want to talk about it record it share our opinions with others learn more about audio editing video editing social media strategy just it's really a a learning experience for us and we hope that you benefit from this on the other side getting to to hear our thoughts and hear something a little different out there amanda i have a i have a question for you yes stephanie what is it <clears throat> so uh what content have you consumed this week so i'm not sure if i would say i was consuming content but i was consuming products from influential celebrities we have a story we have a bit of a story Mm -hmm. so as it is the holiday season i've been looking for presents for my family members and my sister is getting married in the summer and though she's so fit and so healthy and she's so hot 
every bride, I think, would feel just more comfortable on their wedding day wearing a nice pair of Spanx. So being a Keeping Up With The Kardashian fan, I obviously have heard of Kim Kardashian's shapewear brand, Skims. So I got her some shapewear from them and also purchased some bras for myself. And let me tell you, they're the softest thing in the whole world. <laughs> Sounds like an ad. <laughs> it's a bit of an ad. So Kim K, please give us some commission on this. <laughs> or just free product. <laughs> that just made me think, why am I purchasing from Kim Kardashian's shapewear line? Why am I not purchasing from Spanx, which is owned by Sarah Blakely? She's so famous. Like She created this brand. She created this company. Female entrepreneur. And that's her thing is Spanx. Kim Kardashian has all these other things that are going on. She's a reality star. Started out as a reality star. And it's really crazy how the Kardashians and others alike have made being a reality TV star a desirable career path. Yeah. When Amanda told me about getting scams and how excited she was, we both started to discuss that pathway being a reality star, more specifically an influencer, creates this segue to have a brand that's not just you as a reality star or celebrity as we'll get to as well and how they're able to take that brand and infiltrate cpgs these consumer product goods and how a reality star influencer celebrity slapping their face slapping their name on something creates so much value and demand and why is that why why is amanda obsessed with skims because she's just watching keeping up with the kardashians and how does that how does that affect our everyday lives with or without us knowing it. Exactly. Couldn't have put it better myself. I think that Kylie Jenner and Rihanna, they were kind of the trailblazers with Kylie Cosmetics and Fenty Beauty. They got the idea to create their own companies and their own products. I don't know if I'd call them the trailblazers because I, I can think back to years and years ago of different celebrities being the spokesperson for different brands. Or the example I was thinking of earlier today was about perfume. And I specifically remember... I had to have been elementary school, middle school, and I really wanted Britney Spears perfume circus. And I think that Fenty Beauty specifically and Kylie Cosmetics, I don't know about you, and maybe this is something that we can hear back from our listeners, but I can't think of another influencer or musician that has created such a profitable, iconic brand in our, our modern age. And the beauty and cosmetic industry has grown exponentially, and I truly think it's Fenty and Kylie were the ones to put their names and leverage their brands. They're not the trailblazers because there's lots of other celebrity brands out there, but they were the ones that were smart, that leveraged their platforms and their social media to essentially have free advertising. They already have a massive following, and they were the ones that started that model with using your social platforms to amplify your brand and to drive sales. Mm -hmm. I think definitely in Kylie's situation, she did that and she took social media and she really used it to her advantage. I don't think Rihanna necessarily did. I think the reason that their companies both skyrocketed, for instance, like you were saying, the perfume, there's not much of a connection that somebody has with a perfume besides them enjoying the scent. For Kylie, it was the lip kits that really made her popular. Yeah. She took a scandal and profited from it. In true Kris Jenner fashion, <laughs> nobody was using lip liner and then like a lip gloss before Kylie came out with lip kits. And Rihanna also with Fenty Beauty, how she 
entered into the beauty world is that she offered a wide variety of shades for mm-hmm. people of different skin colors. So that that also brought up a social issue of makeup companies not giving yeah. their consumers enough options to choose from. And also, for instance, with the Kim Kardashian shapewear, she has an abundance of sizes. And tones as well. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to market to a bigger audience. An inclusive audience. A bigger and inclusive audience. And because they have that following, they're able to market it and be like, you should buy my product instead of the Maybelline foundation that you get from CVS because I understand that you struggle with finding your correct color because as a person of color, Rihanna has also probably struggled with that. Mm -hmm. I only know this because my mom has been a lifelong user of Bobbi Brown. I know that Bobbi Brown also offers and has offered for a long time an array of skin tone offerings, but because Rihanna has this platform, also think about when she launched Fenty. Like, I really remember... It being such a big deal and it getting so much press. I do too. Because part of its mission was to be inclusive. Whereas for Bobby Brown, that's mm-hmm. not why they're doing it. That's why Rihanna yeah. did it. was to create something for marginalized communities that haven't always felt seen in the makeup industry. So I want to streamline this to talking about Morphe, the cosmetics brand. Because I think this completely relates to everything we're talking about. And for those who don't know what that is, according to their website, it was born in 2008 among the artists and influencers in Los Angeles. Finally, a beauty brand created for creators. And the first way that I ever heard of Morphe was the James Charles palette. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Obviously. He's a YouTuber that is incredible at makeup. And it only makes sense that this guy who does art on people's faces, that's really what it is, has his own palette. He made a ton of money from his own brand and from his collaboration with Morphe. And there's a lot of other examples like that. There's Jaclyn Hill. Now there's the Charlie and Dixie collaboration. Mm-hmm. Morphe's everywhere, you know, and people aren't buying Morphe. They're buying Morphe because of their collaboration with the influencer. Yeah. If you just saw Morphe without a collaboration with an influencer, would you ever buy it? For me personally, probably not. Morphe was established in 2008. I've only heard of it in like probably the past five years Mm -hmm. because of James Charles. Mm -hmm. And I think him doing a collab with them shows that their product is good and that he endorses it because he is such a reputable makeup artist and makeup YouTuber that you trust his opinion. So even though, yeah, Charlie and Dixie and like Madison Beer have lines with Morphe, you still trust the product. Versus Addison, who has this makeup brand, she doesn't do makeup. So I don't know what their sales are. And I feel like she has such a large fan base that I'm sure it's doing well. But that's how celebrities and influencers that's that's how they make money like when they own their own products or they have a stake in the company that's the best way to do it yeah these influencers their income is based on brand deals and people that want to collab with them for instance we were talking about the difference between influencers and artists and actors and how they're all making money actors and actresses they kind of have a steady income if they're on a tv show or on a movie they get a big payout from all that so they don't need to create their own companies because they already have this huge income of money they're making bank (laughs) and with artists and singers their big income is touring and stuff. And as we can't do that now with everything that's going on, they're also feeling the need to have to come out with these brands because they're having very little income. Their royalties really depend on the popularity of their content. And their contracts. Yeah. So that's why musicians need that. Like 
think of Jay-Z, how he also has Rock Nation. He has Tidal. He has so many different things going on. And Forgot about Tidal. Mm-hmm. They all diversify their portfolios because touring, unless you're the biggest of them all, unless you sell out every concert venue you go to, it's not sustainable necessarily. You reach a peak at a certain point and now with COVID, nothing's happening. So having that diverse portfolio, that's how they make their money now. And they have to be smart and strategic and really carefully craft their public image because that's the money maker nowadays. Um, when you started to talk about Jay-Z the other day, it made me think of Kanye West, obviously. He's been doing these Sunday service stuff. And at first, I thought he was kind of just doing it out of the goodness of his heart to allow people to find a space in worship. And I looked up the income. He's made $50 million from Sunday service. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's a great thing for people to be able to worship the way they want to worship in their non-traditional way. But regardless he's still making an income yeah and i think that's a great example of something that is more of a meaningful outcome of an additional project revenue stream whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. versus a makeup brand selena gomez just came out with the rare beauty the kardashians every single one of them has a makeup line like we're naming all these different examples and it gets to a certain point where just it's wasteful yeah, exactly. and there's just there's a tyranny of choice like how do you know like what's good anymore there's so many colors like how many different shades of brown can you apply to your eyes like it gets to a point where it kind of dilutes what you're looking for yes i completely completely agree with That's that wasteful yeah kylie and rihanna from their makeup lines have created a skincare line which if you look at the marketing photos of them side by side look almost identical steph and our roommates for my birthday got me this product called fat water from fenty skin which i really enjoy I use it every morning and it's a mixture of a toner and a serum this is an interesting product plug fenty plug fat water dude the amount of royalties we should be getting for this is ridiculous <laughs> I really spent a lot of time this past week trying to find a sponsor. I really did. It'll happen. It will. Again, this is a hobby, but it'd be nice to make a dollar. Yeah. Or two. (laughs) Just like these bitches trying to make a fucking dollar. (laughs) (laughs) But this fat water product is not a product that I've see in stores or online it's so unique that's why we got it for you it's a very unique product so yeah i'm thankful that you guys got it for me does kylie have something like that honestly probably who knows but <laughs> fenty skin came up with a new type of product that's awesome i don't know if other places are doing this i think that's a strength to fenty because part of the appeal of fat water was that it's like this consistency where it's a toner but also less wasteful because you don't need the pad to wipe it on your face it just goes in your hand that was something different and i really don't see these other makeup brands out there that are a similar caliber that are doing the same type of development work to figure out a way to differentiate mm-hmm. themselves like let's see fenty is valued at three billion dollars kylie cosmetics is valued at 700 million as of november 2020 it's like it's hard to even conceptualize that type of money people keep saying on the internet about wanting rihanna to come out with more music but she doesn't need to come out with more music because fenty is fully giving her an income now she has fenty savage line her bras. for bras yeah oh my god amazing lingerie and now she has a footwear brand coming out for fenty as well and it's an interesting transition because how old is rihanna She's in her 30s yeah 30s she still could come out with more music if she wanted to but she's coming to the point where being sexy and hot is not selling anymore so she needs a separate way of income for instance another person that we hold dear in our hearts i know what you're gonna say and this is gonna be by far my favorite example true inspiration <laughs> true inspiration dave burr aka Lil dicky so to give a little background part of what the inception of this podcast came from 
aka scary hours, which is what our friend Alexa referred to it as, is between the hours of midnight and 3, 4 a.m. There was a night, it was 2.30. We knew that the show Dave came out at 3 a.m. on Thursdays. It was the finale that we were like, we need to stay up. Worth it. That finale is so amazing. Worth it. <laughs> I could watch that final rap over and over and over again. We have. <laughs> but anyway, so really, really smart, interesting guy, Dave Burr. So he Dave Bird. Wait. Dave Burr. It's B U R D. You sound like Burr, like Aaron Burr. <laughs> Dave Burr. Aaron Burr, <laughs> sir. I'm so embarrassed. Anyway. <laughs> So Dave Burke, <laughs> very smart guy, graduated from University of Richmond, and he entered into the ad agency world, correct? Yes. So initially, that's where he started his career off, but then he started creating his own music, own videos, like self-producing all this stuff, and then Scooter Braun took him under his wing and now is a hilarious comedic rapper who also does a lot of activist work for climate change aka earth really good song <laughs> we keep shouting out our roommates but it's because mm-hmm. we just we have so endless stories of them but there have multiple times where amanda just would like scream earth and like wouldn't stop <laughs> like just repeat the song over and over again until people would have to physically leave the room i understand i apologize at least i'm self-aware yeah true so basically dave bird little dicky he started his career as a rapper making dick jokes okay hilarious however hilarious. he's now in his 30s as his career progressed he's like okay how long can i keep making jokes about my dick he clearly has a lot going on in his brain he's a comedian and he realized like i need to diversify my portfolio wrote and created a tv show called dave about himself more money in his pocket and i'm sure future projects to come that will continue to diversify his portfolio, elevate his brand, elevate who he is as a comedian, as a writer, as a rapper. And that's another major thing. He executed it well. A lot of people don't necessarily execute it well. And and he did. Yeah. And also, too, this is the first time he's writing, producing and starring in a TV show. He did an incredible job and is already ready for season two. And he posted something on his Instagram about the show and how he's kind of going to stop rapping but not because he doesn't love it but because that's just the way his career is going and also too from this we're saying how rihanna and dave can no longer kind of come out with songs about sex and penises and so on and so forth but they are still know that they have a following and they're basically just building on their brand goes back to social media goes back to social media your brand is everything how you portray yourself online, in person, what you're posting about, what you're being an activist for with everything that's going on in the world right now is very, very, very important with your brand. I also want to mention this because I was listening to it earlier today and we love to plug Armchair Expert, but Sean Mendes was recently a guest on it. And I think he made some really interesting points about his celebrity status and social media and the way he uses it and the kind of social anxiety it causes for him. And he made this point that I had never really considered before and explaining how back in the day like very few people could understand what celebrities go through and again no one understands besides for celebrities but he made the point to say like you can kind of experience a similar type of anxiety of the attention that you get as an analogy to notifications like you can have your own microcosm of a following and get that same overwhelming feeling 
again to a significantly lesser degree and he's talking about how he launched his album and the, the next day he's checking the charts to see what's going on and you can compare it to you post a picture and you, you keep checking how many likes did i get how many likes did i get and it kind of was a reminder that we're all human at the end of the day yeah definitely. but I, I think going back to what you're saying about social media we stress this point like your brand is everything what you put out there is who you are and how you're perceived and it's such a double-edged sword because yes that's true like that that's how you get money that's how you get fans but also like that's so stressful like to put who you are online and your thoughts and opinions say you support something you look bad but if you say you support something you look bad like it kind of never ends so it's just like what's worth putting out there or do you just delete it all and, and Amanda said last week which a lot of people comment on was how she was like I could never delete Instagram but would love to and I think that's true for a lot of people you're talking about someone the first thing you do is bring up their Instagram to explain who they are like mm-hmm. it's stressful it is stressful and it also just like it kind of ruins things in a way <laughs> to go back to Black Lives Matter when that was all happening over the summer people were posting on their stories multiple times a day and I would look through the stories because I enjoy learning new things and finding out new things that were going on in the world and finding new perspectives and so on and so forth but for instance maybe there was a post that five people I'd seen had posted but I really liked it but I maybe wanted to post on my story but I was like uh I don't think I'm going to because a bunch of my followers have already seen this post so why should I post it again I want to find something new to be different and that's just kind of fucked up because it's also figuring out are you on social media to be I don't want to say an influencer but to be not influencer in the way that we think of them but influencer as a friend like are you on instagram to influence people's thoughts and and people's feelings about a certain restaurant about a certain political issue about a location about a, a party or about a person like are you on social media for that or are you on social media to just learn and to be fashion and to not follow people and to never post like think that this is even more prevalent now than ever because of the usage of Instagram, like I think that is the platform that is most widely used amongst Zillennials, our age group. It's kind of deciding like which category do I fall into? Am I a follower or am I an influencer? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think it also has to do with kind of the Zillennial age group and our transitional phase that we're going through in our life. We're really trying to figure out like, what we want to do, what we want to be before it's kind of already been predetermined for us. We were in this major, we were in this sorority. Like someone was like, Steph, who are you? You can name 500 things that you're involved with, but that doesn't define who you are. And I don't post about all that either. Like, yeah, you can scroll through my Instagram and find like three prevalent things about my life maybe. Like I went to Syracuse. I was an 85 with Amanda. Like you can very easily tell who my roommates were. You can see my parents until I have a pug but people are so multifaceted I think especially for me like I would say in the past year I've had this mentality about Instagram where I kind of just post whatever makes me happy and it's hard now that we're doing this podcast too to talk about this stuff all the time and then look at my page and be like yeah. am I an imposter like do I really care so much about what I'm portraying like am I actually preaching like who cares what you do just post it like I don't know that's I'm trying to live to that and to stick to that, but it's definitely a challenge. And I think it's something that a lot of people our age think about. I agree. It's very interesting. Going back to the Sean Mendez interview on Armchair Expert, just the way that he was talking about social media too, it reminded me a lot of our conversations that we have about social media because they're very similar. I think mm-hmm. our age group as a whole has very similar outlooks on about how 
we're using social media and how we're using content in our day-to-day lives. It's difficult to figure out what you want your brand to be because your brand theoretically shouldn't be changing. But people are changing. We evolve every day. So how can it not? That's what I think it's hard because a brand is like a defined what you are. But you just said we're changing every day. Like we're evolving every day. There's no way I could write down who I am today and it'd be the same as who I am tomorrow. The thing is too about this podcast and everything We love to talk about the celebrities because while we're looking into their lives, we're analyzing their lives and that makes us reflect on ours and see if we're really living our lives like we would like to. Living it with intention. Or if we're just living it because it's easiest. Yeah. And I think that it's easy to analyze their lives because they have these massive platforms. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it for yourselves. Like how many influencers or people you follow have impacted a decision you made whether it be buying a product whether it be your style like whether or not you realize it it absolutely has an effect and it doesn't even necessarily need to be a celebrity or influencer it could be just your friends or the people you follow like it totally has an impact on who we are today and tomorrow and and who we're trying to be and that's what amanda and i are fascinated by celebrities truly do define the future for us in fashion and how we portray ourselves in brands in products that we're using not everything obviously to an extent but they have some sort of influence they have power they have so much power I got a little off track, which is fine because I actually loved our conversation just now about the deep insecurity that social media can cause us. I think that's a theme just throughout our conversations is that it always goes back to kind of how... double-edged sword. I love that term. (laughs) Yeah. It's great because it connects you to people and it's terrible because you feel trapped in your phone. Yeah. And on that note... I think there are definitely ways we can talk about it in a more positive I agree. light in the future. But I do think it, it's so important and not talked about enough. The reality is of what social media produces from the top down, from influencers, celebrities, artists, all these mm-hmm. people we're talking about, to ultimately us, the consumer. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversation as much as I have about analyzing the way that celebrities and influencers have infiltrated and taken over the consumer goods realm. And the way that they've been able to leverage social media in order to make that happen and to drive insane sales as they've leveraged their own brands and platforms. And how at the end of the day, everybody's just trying to make a buck. Just trying to holler for a dollar. (laughs) Well, thank you everybody so much for listening again. Follow us on Instagram at nothing rhymes with orange pod and on TikTok. And we'll be posting our episodes bi-weekly every other Wednesday because it's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> Thanks again. We can't wait to chat with you soon. Bye. <laughs>